Hey, hi, hi, Amina. How are you? Hi, Pumbela. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. So, uh, welcome uh, to the Blue Citron. Uh, but before we kick off, I'm going to just give a quick introduction of who you are. Uh, of course, I'll allow you to do the rest uh, yourself. Uh, but introducing you to our Blue Citron uh, listeners. So, Amina Ali, this is a woman in energy, and not only is she in the energy space, but she's making an impact. So, Amina Ali, I met her uh, in Cape Town at a conference in 2021, November to be uh, uh, specific, at the Africa Energy Week conference. But prior to that, we had a couple of interactions as she was a Pivotal member. Uh, to, to, the, to the team that made the conference successful, actually. Now, Amina at the time was an international fellow uh, at the Africa Energy Chamber. And, uh, but right now, she is with Energy Africa. I'll, I'll, I'll leave her to explain all of that in detail. And she's a group manager at Energy Africa. Now, I caught up with Amina recently uh, to get a better understanding what her role is all about, a new role. And I couldn't help but, you know, invite her to share her inspiring experience uh, with us as a woman in, in the energy space, of course, and how she's been touching lives in Africa and making an impact. Well, myself, my name is Bimbola, and I'd like to welcome you to the Blue Citron podcast. So, Amina, tell us, why have you chosen this career path? you know, to basically get into the energy space to start with? Oh, well, so firstly, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you and to be to be on this platform. So um, first of all, I, uh, I basically have been following my purpose. So every role and um, whatever it is that I've been doing has always been, you know, aligning. I've always wanted to align to my purpose. And so um, at the time, well, from from, the, from my career choice at the beginning to where I am now has always been about helping people in some way or the other. And um, having worked with um, the UNHRC, you know, we would help people, um, you know, um, sort of like um, from a from a personal level so you interact with them personally you know you meet up with them you see them you help them and stuff like that but you know going out into the space of energy i realized that we've come to or i have arrived at the core part of where we can truly make a difference in a person's life and of course energy is so vital to our lives i mean just us having no shedding seems like it's literally the end of the world but then you go into spaces and places where people don't even know what what um what lights look like they don't cook on an electrical stove or gas stove they just live in such dire situations when you think of how do they connect with the outside world how do they make it you know how are they living how are they experience their lives on a daily so I thought, you know what, when when I got the opportunity to come in as a fellow international energy fellow at the chamber, um, I thought, you know, maybe this is maybe this could be for me or it isn't for me, but let's see how it goes. And you know, the more I, the more I immersed myself in the space, I realized, you know, that I actually did find my niche. And this is, you know, I think with all the other work that I've done, I was sort of 
sort of like at level three of helping people and now I'm literally at the foundation which is zero oh, wow. and for me I really want to work my way up and truly truly making a difference yeah and that's super important you see um not just making a difference but also you know starting at the foundation level as you say you know initially you were that top level and then you realized to make uh, probably significant impact you have to start from from the base so it's really interesting there's something you touched up there uh, touched upon there rather uh, when you say some people don't even know what light is and you know you and I uh, you know we are Africans so we, we understand this we have you know if we don't have immediate families in the villages we definitely have extended families or, or you know long extended families in villages so and we have been to the villages in our respective countries so to speak and we know uh what the challenges are uh so to speak so it's quite interesting yeah it's really interesting what and just and just adding on to what you just said now i just just i just had a, a, a realization that uh, uh in december i was in one of the villages and you know we, we we were meant to get back to the hotel at like 5 a.m 5 p.m because mm -hmm. we had you know been out on work whatever and um you know something happened and so we kind of uh, was we weren't stuck there but we just spent a longer time and so obviously the sun set while we were there so i'm like oh wait why is the why the lights not going on you know and then they're like no but there is no lights here and it hit me you know as much as as much as you know we laugh about it now but it's such a reality because i thought yeah. like i was like but why aren't the lights going on like why is the government not and i'm thinking no but actually this is actualized they don't know any they don't have street lights like the few houses where there were lights were in a distance but it's always you know maybe their children went out into the city and came back home and get you know, electricity for their for their families but television and all these things is like a true luxury so really we have so much to be grateful for yeah indeed indeed and you know this is part of the sustainable development goal um uh, seven especially which talks about you know ending energy poverty you know uh, energy accessibility for all and um you know you have actually now just recently seen this firsthand where you're having to question yourself to say but why is there no light you know why why is there no electricity everywhere just seems dark and you know um you're right, we do take these things for granted. And I remember saying this recently at uh, a webinar myself saying that, you know, the things we take for granted in, in, in the West or even in Africa, in the big cities, is, is, is a huge challenge in the villages. And this is not just in Africa. You find this in other uh, developing, you know, continents as well. You find it in developing Asia, for example. Um, you know, so there, there are places that have this, you know, lots of these challenges. But um, what you're also doing uh, as energy um, uh, includes uh, empowering, you know, the local people in the villages, you know, giving them access to stoves or something. Uh, can yeah. you can you give me a little bit insight into that? Because I'm just really blown away by the impact it is that, you know, uh, you guys are doing and, and yourself in particular so maybe you can shed a little bit of you know light on that yeah so so what we do at energy africa is basically distributes cook stoves for free to the underprivileged 
And um, how this works is that we manufacture the cook stoves, so we manufacture parts of the cook stoves, and then we go out into the into the rural areas, the villages, and we build the stove in the huts or you know wherever they they cook their their, their meals. And the whole idea behind this is to basically combat deforestation. So um, if you know. Um, now, when women go out into the field, first of all, it's a very, it, it's a, it's lengthy. You go yeah. out for the whole day, just going to collect firewood. When you do come back, when you do light the fire, the firewood, you know, just the CO2 emissions, the the smoke that clogs up your eyes, your nose, your, your throat, all of that. And in the long run, in, in the long run, this is, um, you know, this is detrimental to the health because I mean, you inhale all of this smoke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. time on a daily and for a long time because you have to cook one one pot at a time so you cook one pot at a time and also that one pot alone is emitting so much of smoke and you have no choice but you know to keep going because i mean the the the, the caregiving of family in an african uh, in, an, in an african uh, perspective is you know by the woman so the woman has yes. to make sure that she cooks she fetches the firewood she comes back makes the meal does you know everything and baths the kid collects water to bath the children and 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 so so with that being said um the main role so the whole idea behind that is to you know reduce the amount of trees even though there has been a huge amount of um trees that have been already cut and the problem with people who are cutting down the trees is that they cut the trees from the root and once you pick root from from the soil it doesn't grow back yeah. but apart from going back it removes the nutrients from the soil so meaning over time the the area around you will probably have famine and if it's not famine it is prone to natural disasters so so um this is all you know just uh, impact you know just you know negative impact and negative impact and negative impact but then again from where i stand as much as yes deforestation is bad I also do understand why women and people, our people do it because as a mother, you would do anything for your child. You would do Absolutely. anything to feed them. And there is no way I'm going to listen to someone who is sitting in a mansion in California <laughs> telling me I'm a change, you know, uh, when my kids are hungry. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, um, so yeah, so the whole idea is um, what we have done is when we build these stoves and um, of course there will be pictures that, that you will put up just to demonstrate what the stoves look like and uh, unfortunately you know the lighting is not good in these spaces because again we're going into areas where there's no electricity and it's usually in house so you know the pictures will be dark but yeah um, anyway so when we do build them we put it's a stove and a stove so we've, we've kind of made it you know a two plate stove so that when you're making can always I, I don't know what it is in, um, in in Nigeria but we have Ilumiel pub and um, this is not the southern part of Africa in, in, in Swahili it's called Nsima so we have we cooked here and then we have the radish which is you know the vegetable or the chicken you know being cooked on the other part so we have like this in between where the way the way the stoves are made is that you don't need firewood you're just going to use a branch so you take the branch, you can actually use the branch for a week. 
So in Sayuna, so save me time and you won't have to go out into the the village. I mean, not the village, the forest to go and collect um, firewood um, every day, so to say. And also the branch will burn quicker. There's less CO2 being emitted because we have this thing that kind of holds it together. And um, the way the pot sits on the thing and the way the amount of oxygen that comes out is limited as well. So in like all around, just in its totality, it's just, it works out brilliantly. And although it's not the best solution, it is a form of solution. I think that's what the problem is. We always complain about something, but we don't give people a, an alternative an alternative to it. So yes, we complain about um, you know uh, deforestation. But what are you doing? Are you are you? Why don't you give people trees to rebuild? Why aren't you coming and building the trees? You know why aren't you? If you're going to complain about something, so we have decided that this is our way of giving back, and we do hope that it will be beneficial to the people that we've helped and for other generations to come. Even though this we do wrong <laughs> no, this is amazing. And, you know, I was actually going to ask what, you know, what uh, um, powers the stoves, basically, if it was going to be a uh, use of kerosene or wood, but you did, you did mention branches. So that was, yeah, I was going to get there. So, yeah, thank you. That's, that's really, that's really nice. So how many countries yeah. have you been to, to supply the stoves to these women in the villages? I mean, okay, so I mean, to, to, to all due respect to anyone watching this, you know, to the men especially, it's not like we don't like you men, we love you, but we all know that it's the women in the rural areas, they're the ones that make things do the cooking. Because patriarchy is very much alive in the village, just saying. But um, also, just before, just before I go ahead and mention um, countries, we also do have different uh, stoves that we've also been developing. So we've used pellets. Okay. Um, you know, we've uh, taken like small pieces of wood, uh, which we, we have. Uh, so our stove is called the Mimi Moto. And um, I'll also send you pictures, which you'll put up, um, you know, as I speak. But um, this stove as well, we use pellets that you throw into like the bottom part. And as you're burning that, the stove, you know, so then again, it's again, it's firewood, but not to that extent. And also it will last you very long. However, this is not focused on the villages, the village, because we sell these stoves, mainly because this is not focused on, in South Africa, we have townships, you know, okay. just the, the peri-urban, peri-urban areas. So it's between yeah. living in the city and living in the village you know yeah. those that work in the city but are from the village so they can kind of afford um you know to buy a stove so we have those kind of stoves and we're looking at, at, at you know at also um uh you know pushing that into the market in the short term now as, as our short-term plans however the countries that we have been focusing on i think you know um this this applies on uh, you know across the spectrum the charity begins at home so we do we are looking at first you know uh supplying it to the SADC countries which are the southern african democratic countries so which would then be um so it would be south africa malawi mozambique zimbabwe zambia kenya uganda angola burundi rwanda tanzania namibia Namibia not yet. So Namibia is part of our our plans. So we just need to then do this part because we've done this part of the of the of the continent and I just have to complete this part and then we've covered everything. 
yeah, so it will be Namibia, Botswana, and then we've done everything. You've been to all those countries? So that's where we are already working in. Oh, I see. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, that's where our work is happening already. But me, myself, yes, I have traveled to those countries. <laughs> it's not on this job. Yes, right, so. okay. Okay. So I was I was I was going to ask how many, you know, villages per country it is that you know you guys have been to that you have been to already with this, you know, supplying of stoves. And so, and, and how, how, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to frame the question in such a way that, let me put it this way. So how many villages and how many families are impacted? That may be a okay. lot of numbers, I guess, I don't know. So let me, so in Malawi, we've impacted already 1 million. 1 million families? Yes. So what? So so we've distributed one million stones, which would then be which would then be five hundred thousand families because you divide it by two because we yeah. put two um two stones in one household. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it should be five hundred thousand families, but I do stand to be corrected. Um, but we have we have manufactured a million stones in Malawi because that was where we had the, the the factory. But now we have moved the factory to Cape Town, um, which and so we'll be we will be, will be producing um, production will be happening in Cape Town, but also in Malawi. So the two countries will be, will be manufacturing, and then we have warehouses in all the different countries. So that as we manufacture, you feed it into the into the different warehouses, and then those warehouses go out into the different. Villages. So yes, coming to your question about the village, it all depends on on how many field coordinators we have. So the structure is that we have you have the the country manager and then you have you know um, the field coordinators. So the field coordinators are the ones who go out into the different uh, villages, and then they are the ones who would then speak to the chief out of respect because you can't just go in and just do work. So we first speak to the chief, and then if the chief allows that, yes, you. Can come in and then we go out and usually we would start at the chief's house and then we'd go out and go out into the you know the rest of the village and and then what happens is as we're giving up the stove we have them registered so we also have our own online platform called focus and we register the stoves so we can tell where each of our stoves are bought because we even give the people qr cards and we can tell where each and every stove is and we can see um so we can pinpoint that even though even and you must remember that this is a village so network is not really you know stable and, and stuff in these places but we have uh, coverage in such a way that i can tell you that in in um in zambia in chibata we have this many stoves at this specific area uh the specific village and uh at this house and that house and they are using it and they're not using it and so forth so it really depends on i think as much as as much as we we don't have a specific um uh, we don't we, 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 like we don't plan it out in advance in terms of where we're going to be working in terms of the village. However, you know if I if I if you hire me, right, I would go back to my village and first help my people. So usually that's how you would feel it is as well. They'll always be like, oh, let me actually first start with my village. Again, charity begins at home. So. That's, and that's what I also realized that there's so many, there's still so many good people in the world because um, when I posted about the like the work that we're doing on LinkedIn, I had my my inbox was my messages were flooding 
with everyone just asking me, hey, listen, I'm willing to, to help you for free. Can we take this back to my village? If, and you'll find that this person is living in London, the next but the other person is living in California, you know, the one person is living in Houston, but they're all like, no, 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 listen, please, let's take it back home. I want to also help my people. And I thought, you know, that's the reality of all of all of us as Africans, just like you mentioned at the beginning, that even if we don't live in villages or our parents don't, but someone along in our family does or has, you know, and we all know someone who does. So also for people to still be reaching out and be like, hey, listen, I still want to help people myself. I think it's so heartwarming. That is amazing. That's amazing. And I think what you're doing, you and your your team, your company, I think you're doing something really great because right now there's a lot of conversation about, you know, climate change, obviously, you know, energy transition, you know, and this is one way of even combating energy poverty, you know, because energy yes. poverty is really, really broad. I had a conversation I've been having conversations actually about this and this is energy poverty is not a new topic it's something that has been on the pipeline for a couple of years now you know because yeah. when you look at that NASA map you know and you just see everywhere else is like bright and then you just look at Africa and it's like dark you know and you're just yeah. wondering okay is this the reality of things or is this been made up but you know so this is one way um, because <laughs> if there's no light there's there's nothing you know, and obviously, if women in the villages are struggling to to feed, you know, then there's there's a problem. And you talked about you know the whole how deforestation even happens, you know, and rather than that happening because it is a ripple effect. You're right, because once the trees cut from the root, it's not just going to affect the that immediate surrounding. It starts to multiply because of the nutri nutrition that is meant to you know go around within the soil itself to affect you know or impact the next and the next and the next uh, uh you know parcel or piece of piece of land where trees I and mean, basically the land has to be arable and to be good you know for for uh, uh for trees to grow or even to seal the soil and to and to plant anything in there so basically to and and you want to guard against famine and all this situation and um, yeah, Africa is really blessed with a lot of things and we, we don't want the frustrations to happen. So what you guys are doing to counter that effect by also, you know, providing stoves to women in the villages. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's almost like a thankless, you know, job, you know, one that one can even think, you know, you guys enough. And yeah, you're right. I saw that post and I was like, oh my God. And also the ones that, uh, when I asked her, I was like, what is energy? You know, and for, for the benefit of those listening, it's E-N-E-R hyphen G hyphen Africa. Just look out for Amin Ali. So Amin Ali is who I know. Um, <laughs> the energy company had, they've not reached out to me. So this is not um, a promotion for them, but Amin Ali, is, is, uh, she's making things happen um, as far as I know. And so we're, we're really thankful for that. So um, I, I was going to ask you about, you know, the skills you've, you know, you've acquired to help you do what you're doing. You know, is this just in it for you as well to be able to, uh, let me put it that way. When you work sometimes with Western companies here and you're African, you're expected to know everything about Africa. Let's let's just put it that way. Yeah. So whether you have the skill or not, you're just expected to. 
or even not a Western company. You could work for anyone else but an African company. So you expected to know every single day. Uh, but then if I take a step back, it's more also the case of how have you been able to approach, you know, all this people that you're going to, as you say, the chiefs, the villages, you have to have a skill. Not everyone can do that, you know, and, and I hear you, I agree with you. Any village in Africa, or maybe sub-Saharan Africa, you better talk to the chief because if you don't <laughs> talk to the chief first, <laughs> you're not going to achieve anything. And hopefully the chief, they do right by their people because that's not always the case, let's just be honest. But yeah, so so what are the skills that has helped you to grow, to be able to actually, you know, uh, your results basically? Okay, so yeah, I, I don't think it's been, I don't know how to put it, but I think different stages of my life has um, I've had different skills at the different at my different stages that I have acquired me to get to the next step and the next step and the next step. And um, as the one as the one skill you know developed, the other one died out and you know sort of kind of. So apart from, I would say that um, my people skill, my interpersonal skill, is yeah. one thing that I, that has been with me all along, and I think that is very beneficial in terms of where I currently am right now. But how I got here, I think it takes a lot of different things, like you know, piecing a lot of different things together. And I think you know, um, when people ask me, like even my, my age mates, they're like, but how do you just how did you just maneuver everything you know and um i think it's about searching like you know you searching what it is that that you are looking for and um, i remember we had i had a call with one of my friends and um we were just talking about how because she was like to me are you sure you're the age that you are you know and then um and then I was like, no, well, I am, I am this age, but you know, what are you trying to say? It's like, no, you know, sometimes you, sometimes I learn more from you than you learn from me, you know? And um, I think what I am grateful for is that I've had a soul that really, that was really thirsty for knowledge and I actively went out to look for those, like for, for what it is that I wanted to know. So as much as it's like, you know, um, I think as Africans, we always assume that our parents should tell us everything. Or I think this is in general with everyone else. You just assume for everyone to tell you anything. But what we don't realize is that only when you ask is when you're actually told. I wouldn't just come and tell you that, hey, donkeys, donkeys walk slow, you know? Sometimes when we're passing donkeys and you're like, oh, they're walking slow. And I'm like, yeah, actually donkeys are slow than horses and horses are quite quick. Do you, do you, do you catch my drift? So it's what you seek that you find and I think the alchemist is what described this so beautifully like you know when you went out into you know searching for these things and in all of that i found different and i attained different skills that have been like stepping stones to where i currently am right now but um above all things i think my skill to connect with god because i don't think i've gotten to where i am um, i think everything that i do has the grace of god upon it so it comes with ease that's why even i think as you say like you know um me being even in the space that i'm in it has some kind of grace upon it but that again you know you have to build that skill and i read a lot extensively so 
you know again that's searching for knowledge you know you don't it doesn't just come to you you have to go out there you know read bits of pieces that's why even on my linkedin i've followed people who are in the media who do who draw cartoons to people who uh work for facebook and people who you know build electric cars you know so it kind of gives me an understanding of different worlds and why people think the way that they think and where their understanding and their reason comes from so yeah so that's basically um one of how i would best answer your question i hope i've answered it to the best of my ability you have (laughs) you have that's really good because yeah there's nothing as good as learning 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 because that's that's how you know more and yeah go out there seek for knowledge and i hear you a lot of us humans maybe not a lot of us but some people just prefer to be told and we're all different and i respect that some people to be told and some people prefer to go out there and seek so yeah i yeah thank you for sharing that i totally am one of those that's definitely loves to go out there and just seek for knowledge because you just there's so much to find you know there's so much to know literally literally and it opens your mind you know exactly so you know when they say that we're students of life yeah so it's totally totally there's something that you learn there's no end to learning there's no end to learning (laughs) and just i'd just like to also share another experience um uh recently in maputo we went uh went to maputo and we were in a village called maraquena and i'm not sure how to pronounce it because it's portuguese but um you know uh what was so amazing is that uh, we, we stopped by at this village and we were just looking. We didn't have a village in mind. We were just like, let's take a drive and we're going to stop in the village and just going to ask them, you know, what their life is like, what their life is like in terms of, you know, uh, the energy and all of that. And we got there and we saw, you know, little solar panels and different, you know, little hats and stuff, you know, to show that, you know, and, and it's sad because it's the Chinese. Well, it's not sad. But I mean, it's um, it's sad in terms of an, from an African perspective that we don't create our own things. Mm. You know, the old Chinese um, solar panels. But then our people don't really understand how to do it because again, the manual would be Chinese. As much as it's in English, they can't really read it, so it doesn't really accommodate them again. And what they are told is a bit, you know, they don't fully understand it because it's not their language. You know, so there's a lot of things that we don't really take into into perspective and that's why we also at, at the company at energy africa we're also looking to um to manufacture solar panels that's good okay um, wow um, to do that and also to 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 but but the solar panels are actually sold um uh, to the different you know basically across the across the continent however again getting back to the um the story so what uh, the experience that i had was so was so life-changing we got to this um, village and we met this man we found this old man just sitting under a tree you know i don't know if you have you ever went to the village during the day they just always relaxing it's, it's very just, relaxing yeah yeah i have been to the as, as a child mostly you know to see my, you know when you go there out of the blue town but yeah it's very yeah. good very relaxing life is easy it's very clean you know that's, that's an interesting part people do think oh oh my god no it's actually well, at least yeah. i've been to very very clean and it just see fruits everywhere you know the trees of guava guava trees um almond trees and all sorts yeah, yeah. 
thing. And and you know what's funny when they call us, us in the city, they're like, "Oh, we're struggling. We're not doing well." And Most people are not struggling. I tell you. Most people are not struggling. When you go there, you're like, "This is not struggle. If anything, if anything, this is your best life. This is the best life to them." But um, yeah, so we went there, and um, you know, this man was so welcoming. He got up immediately. You can see he's an old man. He got up immediately, ran into his little uh, house and. Brought our chairs, you know, so we could sit on, and he's, he's like, and, and he doesn't, he doesn't first ask us what we're there for. He just, he's first makes makes us sit, welcomes us. Do you need anything? And then once you sat down, and it's like, so what are you here for? And I thought, you know, just that, like, it was so, you know. So we sat down, and, and for me, I love mangoes. I am the biggest. Listen, I'm gonna plant a mango tree. I'm gonna plant a mango tree. I'm gonna plant an apple tree. Do that. <laughs> And I got there and I'm looking up and I'm seeing every single fruit that you can think of. And in Mozambique, they grow cashew nuts. So there's a cashew nut tree, there is cheese that I've never heard of before. Apparently there's a fruit called a masala, I've never heard of it. There's amarula, there's everything. And he's like, um, so we're just telling him about, you know, the whole project and how it works and all of that, you know, you know. And he's like, you know, I'm such a poor man, so you must really come help me. I'm like, no, 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 no. You are the rich man. You, no, no, no. You are the rich man. But you know, it's just, um, you know, it makes me, it makes me, it, it takes me back to the point that, you know, the government doesn't really care about people in the village. And that's where the problem is. And that's the reason why there is energy, I mean, not energy, why there is electricity, because they don't care about them. Because, um, but then they only care about them when it's time to vote, because they will come and get your vote and you'll be counted in. But apart from that, they don't care about building roads there. It's just about the city and impressing everyone in the city. And that's that's that with that. And we asked him like what the distance is to get to Maputo, the Maputo city. And he was saying that um, you know it's quite a it's quite a distance, you know, to get there. But again, you know, it's um I think the blame all goes back to the government. Because um, if they wanted to, they would. You know, um, it's it's always it's always that thing. If you wanted to, you would. It's really heartbreaking that you know that the, the I had never seen a land. It's it's called a lantern. A lantern. You know, where you put like paraffin and then it burns. Like he he actually has that. That's what he uses. Yeah. And we are in 2022. There's a I lot of that in Nigeria. A lot. Word. Like I had never seen that in my life. So I was like. Oh my word! You know, yeah. this, this is reality, and um, and uh, and the thing is, our politicians don't have time to be going into to the rural areas and, and you know seeing the the disparity that people are living in. But they and should have time. They should have time because they are they are local government chairman or whatever, or district chairman or, or district leader, or whatever. There are people responsible for those villages that report to to the federal government, basically. If I if I use Nigeria as an example, so there they are. So they're meant to have time. And you're right. When it's time for voting elections, then they remember the villages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Government. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, we're going to talk about how you know solutions and all of that for you know from the governmental side. We'll definitely talk about that on another time because what you are already providing is a solution 
is solving problems for these people. And it is it is such a shame, you know, and we're all trying to, you know, I mean, the conference, as you remember, was all about ending energy poverty by 2030. This was in November 2021. Right now, we're in February 2022. That's eight yeah. years to come, you know. Yeah. Is it possible? I don't think so. It's very ambitious, but maybe we, at least it's been talked about and it's not just been talked about, we can see action. And one of those actions is the little that you guys are doing. Yeah, because it's all, I mean, every little helps, you know, every drop, you know, makes an ocean, don't they say, you know, so so that's that's just you know something impactful that you guys are doing for sure and yeah yeah i mean it, this is a very broad topic and we'll definitely we'll definitely talk more about it i had a chat with tari kazura who's another energy uh, specialist uh, he's, he's, he resides in in johannesburg and i think he works for one of the majors the uh, oil and gas majors who's now looking to obviously they, they're getting into the renewable sites as well and um, he, he said a lot of interesting things as well around, you know, consumption of everything is in Africa and will continue to be in Africa for a very long time. So we need to attack this energy poverty situation. You know, the youth, Africa has the youngest population. The average age of Africa is 19, 18 to 19. That's the average age. That is the average age. Lagos alone, on paper, if you look at some statistics, World Statistics, World Bank, UN statistics, whatever, if it, it falls around 15, 16 million people, to be honest, Lagos is actually like 25, nearing 30 right now. Really. Now imagine that and imagine by 2050, Lagos will be nearing 50 million. That is Lagos. That's just one city. That is just one city in Nigeria and then one city in Africa. So. Basically, the population is growing. Energy poverty has to be tackled right now. Uh, economic uh, growth is inevitable. It has to happen with tackling of energy poverty. And, you know, we need to empower people to just leave, you know, just have the necessary, should I say, basic necessities of life. Water shouldn't be a problem. Turning on, you know, your switch shouldn't be a problem. I mean, this is why one of the things that you said because i was very interested when you mentioned that you guys are going to be manufacturing you know solar panels so that's really really good but you know what it is such a broad topic i think i need to get you and tyree here together and have this conversation i think that needs to happen but i'm key I'm one thing key. i want to one thing i want to ask you is you're an african woman and i really i am enjoying what you're doing so what are you going to advise for the African young, young African ladies, the ones given university now? What are you going to advise them to to look out for? Not necessarily energy. I mean, everyone there's this space for for anyone and everyone. Something tells me you're going to tell them to keep learning. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's try. Let, let, okay, now now that you said that, let me try and work my way around not saying that. So um, I think. You know, um, a lot of people, or like, uh, well, I have been asked this quite a lot. Um, I think with most of the people that I speak to, they always ask me, so what would you tell, you know, the younger people yeah. or the young or my younger self, rather, you yeah. know? Um, and for me, um, I don't think that's, that there's any set, um, you know, there is no blueprint to anything. 
uh, I for starters have have never been in the energy space or rather I have been like now for a year uh, but I haven't been here for the longest of time you know uh, and it's okay to it's okay to you know to look around just trying to find where you belong that's one thing and mainly because um, an energy is not only for people who study energy energy is for everyone because at the end of the day a doctor will put on the lights a teacher will put on the lights a firefighter will put on the lights a president will put on the, the lights a finance and accountant you understand so energy should should have everyone in it you know i think we need people from finance coming in it coming into it so they can tell us how should we how should we best monetize how should we best you know take this on and i think the problem that we have right now is that we're leaving such a such an important um uh topic or situation that we find ourselves in in politicians hands and usually if you look at the structure of how politics is made up of is that they will take if it's time for a, for a cabinet restructuring they will take someone who's in finance and put them in uh, energy and take someone who's in energy and put them in transport and you're like people even learn it to be in the situation so maybe what we also need to do is start putting people who actually understand energy in the energy who lead us in the energy space and everyone else is going to drive the force be coming from every direction from every angle from every background from every atmosphere from every different languages maybe we need to understand energy in portuguese maybe we want to maybe we need to understand energy in igbo you know understand it's like oh we need people from every background to come in and you know like how how we say making energy poverty history but the main thing is to not leave anyone behind Absolutely. you know and uh so what i would tell what i would tell younger people is to basically what you should do focus on finding your purpose and from there that is the most important part because that will guide you and lead you to anywhere that you want to go what you're going to read from there is going to be based on your purpose how you're going to what you're going to look for in life the places you're going to go to in life everything that you're going to do how you're going to how you're going to take on life will always be aligned to your purpose once you know what it is i think it's like how you know it's about working from end to beginning and not from the beginning to the end and you know there was something that i read which really just you know and it sparked my mind which said maybe god actually created us from the end to the beginning and not from the beginning to the end so you know we tend to think that um adam was from the beginning which is genesis and we're working our way up to you know but maybe we actually at the end and coming back to the beginning maybe you know and if you come to think of it that we actually come from the beginning of our life to the end of our life. we say that we start from the beginning of our life to the end of our life but maybe we actually going from the end of our life to the beginning to of the our beginning. lives yeah and uh, yeah it's a full circle it's a full circle yeah so really find your purpose mm-hmm. yeah find your purpose and work your way backwards that's mm-hmm. where it is so the purpose is your end because i know that my purpose has always been to help people i want to serve people i want to i want to be of service to people you know like how god is is of service to mankind and so i want to be part of the you know the mankind serving other uh, serving the rest of uh, humankind so working my way from the beginning from the end to the beginning and wow. i think if you can figure that out i think you have pretty much everything sorted everything covered 
you're doing in life will always be aligned to serving, 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 serving. So, oh, yeah. wow, wow. Honestly, oh, I did, I, did, I, did I mention, did I mention a reading? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you didn't. Well, I, can, I can add it in. I can say that you need to read to find your purpose, but I'm just joking. You all know. It's a, let's read that part out. <laughs> Days, oh my days. So, what are you, um, I'll say, what are you going to, obviously what you're going to advise, you know, what, what you're going to, you, you've, you've advised us on what you, what, what you want your younger self and your people, you know, to do, finding your purpose and, you know, possibly looking at what is the end and then from there, you know, going back to the beginning. So, it's not all young people that probably watch this podcast, you know, so we have everyone, every age, every, you know, different types of people, you know, age, race, creed, whatever, whatever. So what would you advise our listeners, um, you know, like a parting advice for them, literally? Hmm. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think I will leave people with one of the best quotes that I've ever heard which says that even if the only prayer you ever say in your entire life is thank you, it'll be enough. Oh, wow. Okay. That's um, very profound. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. But you're right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because um, I, I, just, just like you, I do travel a lot. And one thing that I like to learn before I go to a new country or a country where I know I don't speak the language is how to say hello. And thank you you know oh, and i just do those two things so that when i get there then i can actually you know say some of them i've forgotten i remember my first time in croatia before going i asked my uh, colleague she's left us now i asked her how do you say hello and thank you Violeta, these are the two things i need to know you know i did that when i was going to uh, portugal and that i still remember for portugal because i I use that for Angola and Mozambique, and that's Obrigada. If you're a female, yes, say to Obrigada, Obrigado, you know, and all those things, Gracia, Gracia, and all that. And of course, in my own language, because I'm Yoruba, so it's Eshe. So I, I say that to people as well, Eshe Go, you know, Oshe, you know, depending, you know, and um, different languages as well you know um norwegian based on you know my, my life uh in norway as well as taco to some taco manga taco whatever you know so yeah it's you're right uh, that's that is actually very profound so thank you and on that note thank you so much amina there's there's so much to learn from you oh my god and thank you for what you're doing thank you so much for what you're doing yourself and your team at energy and yes, you can tell them to give me a call because I've literally, you know, <laughs> literally sold them to the world. <laughs> but it's of course, you know, it's you that 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 we know and um, and thank you for impacting lives, you know, in, in the villages in Africa. Um, obviously, you know, and I know, as we say, we, we, we have extended people, extended families, and it's quite interesting in 2022, uh, there's still no simple, uh, uh, electricity access in some villages. Some villages, yes, things are there now, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So, and Africa is huge and it's even getting bigger population-wise. The land mass is there as well. But, you know, the most important thing is 
like I always say, education, 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 learning, because once you educate yourself, once you learn, you're able to then, you know, do better. You're able to impact other people. You're able to provide not just for yourself, but for your extended, you know, families. Everybody is able to provide something and everyone is able to build and then grow together. So education is a very, very big deal and a very big thing to me. Um, and. Um, and that is, you know, what you guys are also doing. It's not just providing the stoves, but it's also educating them, not just on how to use it, but how to be able to do better. So they're not essentially causing deforestation with their own hands, which then, you know, re you know, basically ripples into, you know, famine and other, you know, natural disasters that, you know, occur from these issues. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Really, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Well, a big thanks to our listeners as well. And until next time, it's Beam from uh, Blue Citrum and do enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you and goodbye.